We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. I am Scott Jensen, joined as always by Andrew Laird. Do you please rate and review the podcast? That would be fantastic. Goes a long way towards helping people find the podcast, helping out the podcast. We would greatly appreciate it if you were to do that. Uh, we are on to week three of the NFL season. Suddenly, we're kind of right in the middle of it. Andrew, how are you on this? Uh, I should note, we're recording on a Thursday morning, some scheduling stuff. So if any uh, any injury news breaks on Thursday afternoon, it's not that we didn't see it. It's just that we recorded a, a little bit of, a little bit early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, we were talking about whether we should say that or not, because after last week, we had a nice long Benny Snell conversation, and then yeah. Benny Snell wasn't a thing. So. Uh, um, Benny but- Snell really yeah, he was. It was supposed to be like kind of shared carries, and then James Conner was like, "Yeah, I think we're good." Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least uh, from that situation, we learned that like when Conner's healthy, he's the guy. There's no. Yeah. There's no. I think I think Tomlin's kind of proven to be someone who likes to have a guy at uh, at some point over the right. years. But how uh, how are you headed into uh, week three of the NFL season? We're we're chugging along pretty well here. Yeah, we are. I mean, we uh we had a uh, rotowire meeting on Wednesday, and we we're like, it's been two weeks, and there has not been a single positive COVID case in the NFL. I, I can't be, I can't be just said it out loud. I just knocked on wood. It's all right. But. Boy, I, yeah, I hope you did. Uh, that's uh, it, you're, you're right though. I mean, we all, we worried about like, you know, which game to cancel, who's not going to play. 
um, so far so good for three weeks. I mean, very, very positive. It's been very, very good. I hope it stays. I mean, I think we're, I think we're destined to have a few hiccups here and there, but, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty happy, uh, happy so far. It's been great. Yeah. I think what we've learned from the other sports is that like one or two positive cases is not going to shut everything down. Um, yeah. so, and with the NFL, I assume they'll just make the guy wear an extra mask and then he'll play. So. Yeah, or if he's uh, or if he's one of the coaches that got fined three hundred fifty thousand dollars, they will go no mask. I jeez, it's uh, it was funny watching it because I was definitely watching like, huh, they're not really wearing masks, and then like the fines came out, and I was like, oh, maybe they'll wear. It's them. funny because Kyle Shanahan was one of my because he watched the Niners game, and I was I didn't even notice it because he looked so normal. Where the other coaches, you notice it right away. I mean, you notice Andy Reid and all that with his big shield on. I didn't even think about it with Shanahan, which shows that how normal he looks. So you could tell right away that that was probably a bad thing. Right, right. I forget who it was. Um, Clingsbury, maybe. Who, who, someone like didn't wear one at all, or at least I saw like a part where he there was. It's not like it was like hanging or like half on his face. Like there's just nowhere to be found. Yeah, um, Shanahan had his around his neck, but I don't know if he actually pulled it up the whole game at all. Right. So maybe so. that's what it was. But yeah, it was just. Uh, but anyway, we we haven't had any big surprises yet, and I mean, based on like just the number of players in the NFL, like it's entirely possible that um, if there are positive cases, it's not to say it's somebody we don't care about, but it's somebody that we may not be needing for our fantasy teams anyway. So like, I don't know. So far, so good. Thankfully. Yeah, so let's jump into week three. I think it's a it's a fun slate. We've had a lot of points over the first yeah. uh, couple of weeks. Been a lot of high scoring games. I think maybe uh, you know maybe with the with the no preseason, the thing that we're seeing is the defense is not uh, quite caught up yet, uh, whether it be tackling or schemes or whatever kind of football shape, whatever maybe. But offense is definitely winning uh, winning the day so far. But uh, let's jump into week three. Uh, just to note, three games that are, we won't be talking about that are off the main slate: uh, Miami and Jacksonville playing Thursday night. Uh, then a couple of really good games. Sunday night is Green Bay at New Orleans. Uh, Monday night's a real barn burner. Kansas City at Baltimore. It'll be a really fun game. I'm looking forward to reading your showdown right up on that one. It's going to be a good one. Um, so we lose a couple of over-unders that are over 50, but we still have a couple. Uh, a couple of really high totals. Yeah. We have Detroit. Detroit, Arizona's 54.5. Dallas at Seattle is over under 55.5. Um, usually we get like a 51 or 52. The, to get two over 54 is, is pretty rare on the same slate. Yeah. I mean, obviously – everybody's going to be going to those games. So uh, for people in tournaments, the key is going to be figuring out either how to get leverage in those games against the guys that everybody wants to play or uh, which games you need to target and hope that those games go way under, meaning those those two big games go way under. And those other games are actually really interesting. We've got one that's low, but that's it. We have the 49ers with the Giants over under 41, kind of a uh, just a factor of massive injuries on both sides. Uh, the uh, the Giants lost Saquon Barkley. The 49ers lost uh, pretty much everybody that's ever put on a uniform for the franchise. So um, that's that, that's a, a big reason for the, the low total there. But the other, um, I guess it would be nine games. I guess tw- 10 games. There's 13 total on the slate. Every other game is between 43 and a half and 47 and a half. So we got this weird, like huge clump of games that kind of the same, um, you know, to- Vegas total. So it's going to be, like you said, it's going to be trying to figure out which of those games in that clump maybe break out into a, a 50 or 60 point game. Yeah. And I mean, we have to kind of emphasize that uh, like totals are estimates, like they're not right. automatically what's going to happen. And I think people kind of take that like when all of a sudden then Seattle and Dallas isn't the highest scoring game on the slate. And everyone's like, wow, who saw that coming? And it's like, well, 
the odds that it ends up being the highest scoring game are actually much lower than people think. And so um, right. once we start thinking in like realistic probabilities, then you can start looking at the other games and be like, oh yeah, this one definitely has a chance to outscore this one. Or, you know, even if it has a, you know, a 25% chance, like that's, that's a lot. And so um, we just have to think of those situations and then just make our smart decisions from there. Yeah, I'll admit I do like Dallas and Seattle a ton this week. Uh, I wish Green Bay and New Orleans was on the slate because I don't really love that one as much. Uh, I think that uh, New Orleans is kind of a weird team right now. But uh, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like just to drop the hot take that that game is going to be terrible. Really? All right, yeah. Terrible. I think All those. Right. Yeah. I mean, Breeze is absolutely toast at this point. He looked uh, does not uh, did not look good on, on Monday night against the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm mm-hmm. gonna mess that up a lot of times, but um, Detroit, Arizona, you know, one of those games that uh, Kyler Murray has been fantastic and kind of has pushed that total up. And Detroit doesn't play a ton of defense, so that's uh, that's more of a uh, you know more of a uh, once lack of defense and really good offense on one side. But let's uh, let's jump into the running backs. Um, you know, the big story, obviously, last week was the injuries. We don't have the Christian McCaffrey 10,500 this week. We don't have Saquon Barkley, although he was not doing anything anyway, but we don't have him there either. Um, it's kind of made it so we have a rather than the, the one guy at the top, we got to figure out if we're going to play. We've got kind of a few guys at the top. Um, Ezekiel Elliott from the game we mentioned, uh, Dallas and Seattle, we've been talking about that game a lot, is 8,300 on, on, on DraftKings. Derek Henry is 7,800. Uh, kind of a letdown last week. He was really, really popular. <laughs> In that uh, in that game, and uh, you know, just kind of what do you have? They get 86 yards, but no scores, and everybody liked him. We liked him too. I mean, it's just one of those things. Or he got a lot of usage, but it didn't happen. Um, my thought on running back this week, before you we even get get into it, is to play down a little bit. But I want to see if you if you like anybody here at the top of the board. I think uh, the top of the board is where you'll be able to differentiate. Like I think there's just too much value below that people will mm-hmm. pay down for it. Um, obviously. What you do when you pay down at running back is you have more money to spend at quarterback or wide receiver, tight end, because they're a ton of expensive but very good tight ends this week. And so, I mean, I think you're going to get significantly uh, lower popularity for guys like Elliott and Henry, like Dalvin Cook we'll talk about, um, just because um, the range of outcomes of their of their uh, fantasy points is you know, it's definitely higher than the guys we'll talk about in a little bit, but what you can do with that extra salary is just so helpful. And so, yeah. um, in cash games, I think these guys are going to, I mean, last week in cash games, I mean, Henry was like 75, 80% owned, which was, oh, wow. um, I mean, it was absurdly high, but also like it made sense. It was the perfect situation. Yeah. And so everybody's like, Oh, Henry was such a bust. And it's like, well, we all have them. So like the, like it's fine. And the risk of not having him doesn't pay off enough in like double ups and head to heads that like right. not having him just kind of was odd to me. And then Elliot was also really high. I mean, a lot of people just paired the two of them together. And so, but this week, like, I don't think people are going to do that, even though uh, Dallas has that absurd total we saw last week. I mean, literally we saw last week of like what the biggest risk is with uh, Elliot and it's Dak Prescott. Um, yeah. I mean, Elliot was 22 for 89 at touchdown, but Dak Prescott had three rushing touchdowns. And I think two of them were right, right at the goal line, just, just quarterback sneak. So it's it, not like he it was, was right at the goal line after Elliot couldn't get in. And like, yeah. that's, that's actually worse because like we look and we're like, well, Elliot still has all these goal line carries and he has all these red zone carries. And it's like, but he's not getting in. And the, the reaction to Elliot not getting in is not, let's try it again. It's Dak just finish it. 
Yeah, and the last one was like they were just trying to score really quickly before the the you know the, the faded onside kick that we right. talked about all week, and it was just like they had to do it really quickly, so they went went with Dak. But Zeke was still good, but it could have been a massive game with the, with the touchdowns. Uh, Seattle's been pretty good against the run so far. Uh, Todd Gurley was okay week one. New England did nothing week two, but they don't really have any running back, especially because James White was out. Um, on Elliott, though, good to see the seven targets. I know they were behind and trying to catch up, but it's good to see him involved in the passing game. Um, I think he's a rock-solid play this week. I have no issue uh, using him. 8300 is pricey, but I, I think in the range where he's usable, um, I think that I'll probably, uh, where I go with that game, I'm probably going to go more with the Dallas passing game just based on how Seattle has has really struggled against the pass, but I have no problem using Zeke in any kind of lineup, whether it be a tournament or cash this week. Yeah. Um, not to harp on like last week, but like if we went into the week saying uh, the Titans are going to score 33 points and the Cowboys are going to score yeah. 40, you're like, yeah, of course these guys are going to be like really popular. And so um, it just makes a ton of sense. But yeah, I think uh, Elliot definitely makes plenty of sense this week. But again, like I'm just not sure you have enough reason to justify like paying down uh, at other spots to force Elliott in when you have like cheaper running backs that you can afford. Although you said you have a few cheap uh, wide receivers that you like this week. So maybe I'll change. Always, always. That's, yeah. that's what I'd love to do. Deontay Johnson says, let's do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but Henry is, you know, he's, he's getting a ton of work. He's tied with uh, Josh Jacobs for 59 touches among running backs. He has 36 first down carries. So Tennessee kind of does what they do. I mean, I don't think they care about being boring. I don't think they care about being predictable. He has not had a, you know, a, a big, you know, yards per carry game. He hasn't really broken any, but you know, that usually tends to come. Uh, Minnesota's allowed 280 rushing yards to running backs to start over the first two weeks. So they've been, I mean, they've been getting thrashed everywhere, but their defense is not good. Uh, Jonathan Taylor last week was 26 for 101 in kind of a, a chalky spot that uh, everybody liked him in. And he, he came through, scored a touchdown too. Um, I mean, I have no problem with Henry either. I think I like Zeke a little more, but I want to ask you about Dalvin Cook. We talked about him last week as someone that I like more than you usually. I think he's really talented, but this Vikings offense is just killing him right now. Yeah. And I just not sure this is the week to try it again. I mean, Tennessee can obviously put points on the board. And um, if Minnesota has to play catch up, like Cook does get involved in the passing game, but it's just not, if you're pretty much getting like 12 to 14 carries out of them and then just hoping for a bunch of carry, a bunch of receptions, paying 7,600 for that seems like a bit of a stretch for me when you can just get 200 more for Henry on the other side of that game or just go up to Elliott. Yeah, and I mean, Cook, I think, should be more involved than he is. I mean, he only has three catches. He only has four targets, and those are in games where they were trailing. So it seems like maybe they don't go to the dump-off. It seems like a lot of Adam Thielen when they're trailing, and, you know, Cousins kind of does what he does. But the weird thing with Minnesota is they're just – they're not running a lot of plays. I think yeah. they're under 50 plays both games, which is the first time a team's ever done that through two weeks. I have to look exact numbers, but they're just not running a lot of plays. And if you're not out there, like we talked last week about how we like Arizona so much because they're just running plays all damn day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota's like the complete opposite right now. They're just not on the field very often. It's a, a matter of going three and out a lot and not doing well. But I love Dalvin Cook as a player, but I, right now he's got 29 touches to, in total in two games. You know, we talked about – Derrick Henry, and that's like half of what Henry has, just an example. Uh, James Robinson was really good against Tennessee last week on the ground, but I think I'm with you. I think that, uh, you know, there's just other spots I can pay up or down where I'm I'm probably not going to have much Cook this weekend. Yeah, Cook is going to be the week nine guy who finally explodes, and everyone's like, I told you so. And it's like, well, you've lost eight weeks in a row with Cook, so like— there was so, I can't remember who it was, but there was someone exactly like that. It might have been Devontae Adams when like it was last year. It was like mm-hmm. in week five, we're like, oh, it's finally Devontae Adams, and he finally did it. Everybody's like, yeah, there you go. I told you. And I'm like, well, yeah, but you lost four weeks and right. we're trying yeah. to get there. So. Right. 
Uh, how do you feel about Josh Jacobs this week at the Patriots uh, coming off the big win on Monday night against the Saints? We mentioned earlier, uh, I mentioned tie with Derrick Henry, 59 total touches. Uh, I think Josh Jacobs is really, really solid. Um, my only concern would be if they were to get down early in this game, he's not really a, a guy that they use in the passing game a ton to catch up. Um, but I think the volume is just so big on Jacobs. So you can you can run him out there most weeks. But this is probably a week that uh, I'm going to prefer other guys around him in the range. Yeah, I see no reason to play him. I mean, uh, Vegas on a short week uh, on the East Coast with a 10 a.m. body clock game. Like, uh, yeah. pff, I, I'm good on that. Thanks. <laughs> right below him is is Jonathan Taylor. We talked about last week. Uh, really good game script for him this week against your Jets. Ten and a half point favorites. Uh, he's priced way up after last week. He's up to 7,000 on DraftKings. Not that much on FanDuel, though. He's 6,700 there. I think he's a really good play there. Um, you know, the Niners obviously thrashed the Jets pretty good last week, even with all the injuries. Mostert had the 80-yard touchdown. He had like a 60-yard touchdown called back. Uh, Jarek McKinnon had that 55-yard run on third and 10. That was a pretty awful play by the Jets also. Um, the Jets played pretty well against the Bills' run D in week one. But, uh, you know, I think that Jonathan Taylor is a really good play this week. At the price, um, it's a little bit up, but uh, – a game they should be winning. He's a workhorse kind of guy. He had 26 carries last week. Uh, I, I like him as a player this week. I like him more than I would say Cook or Jacobs, a, a little bit more expensive. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And they, uh, it's funny, we went in last week after uh, Naheem Hines had such a good week one. And it was like, yeah. well, is Taylor going to lose some touches to him? And we're like, what's going to happen with that? And Hines was just invisible last week. Didn't get a single carry. Jordan Wilkins is the guy who ended up getting the backup touches to Taylor. Although, um, I was looking at, I was reading uh, Jerry Donabedian's hidden stat line for the running backs this week. And I have to say, like, if you, if you listen to this podcast and don't read that article, like, you need to go read that article every week. He does two of them, one for running backs and one for pass catchers. They're both, like, incredible. Um, the detail he goes in on everything is so good, including this note that, like, um, so Taylor had 26 carries and Wilkins had nine. And Wilkins only had one in the first 43 minutes of the game. Um, and so it's like Taylor is the guy in that backfield. And like we knew it was going to happen at some point. Um, obviously, everybody thought Marlon Mack was going to be there so that it was going to take a little while. But now with Mack out, it's like that backfield is Taylor's. And yeah, playing a horrific Jets team. I think Colts are 10 and a half point favorites, which I'll note is down from 11. So there's got to be some, you know, a little optimism on the Jets there. But uh yeah, I think Taylor makes a ton of sense. I think the problem is, is that a lot of running backs make sense this week in every price tier. Like, we're just going down the list, but like Taylor makes a lot of sense. Um, Nick Chubb against a uh, football team is right under him at, at on DraftKings. Like, he makes sense. The only hesitation you have with him, which is always a hesitation, is how much Kareem Hunt is going to take from him. But then you have like Eckler. And it's it's a lot on Hunt. I mean, he Hunt's kind of. They're using him as the yeah. closer. He kind of owned the fourth quarter last week, and that uh, Chubb's so good, but that just scares me because if he doesn't break one or score in the first half, you just worry that um, if they're up and you know in the game they're fair by seven, that, that Hunt kind of takes over late. And I just I don't love that at the price. No, oh, I totally totally agree. I think you're more. I mean, the problem is like Hunt's even. I mean, what is he sixty one hundred on DraftKings, which isn't that low where you make. Yeah, it's that. hard hard to play. I wouldn't play him at that price. Right, but like you have Eckler against the Panthers, who's like the. the Running backs against the Panthers are tight ends against the Cardinals. Like, that's what we go to every week. Um, we were talking about James Conner before. He's at home against the Texans. We've got Chris Carson on the other side of that Zeke game uh, that has a over-under of uh, 155. So um, there's just, a, like, a lot of guys that we can play this week, and we haven't even talked about, like, the screaming values that are even below it because of the injuries. Yeah, so let, let's jump into the 6,000 here. There's a lot of guys in this 
group I like. You mentioned Eckler. Um, Carolina's given up six rushing touchdowns already through two weeks, which is pretty absurd. Uh, Leonard Fournette was crazy good against them last week. Uh, obviously, the week before, they, they gave up a ton, too. They gave up three in each game. Eckler's, That's probably all you have to say, right? Like Leonard yeah. Fournette just killed them? Exactly. Ro- Ronald Jones scored two and then fumbled and was never seen from again. Um Eckler's interesting because he's still getting a lot of work, but he's obviously not the goal line guy. I think Joshua Kelly has five goal line carries. Yeah. He has one. Uh, Eckler played 47 snaps. Kelly played 43. So they're they're sharing pretty evenly right now. Um, you know, Eckler was 16 of a 93. Also had four catch, 55 yards. Good to see him get back involved in the passing game. Only four targets. So they're not using him last year. I think we're seeing that, um, you know, Phillip Rivers is a guy that threw the running backs and tight ends a lot more than normal. Uh, I really like Eckler this week. Matchup, price, involvement. Um, but I'm a little worried that you're going to have to get a, you know, an 18 or 20 yard touchdown because you're not going to get the one yard scores. Yeah, I think he's uh, just a little too uh, uneasy for cash games. But yeah, I think he certainly probably... makes sense in in tournaments. So right below him at 6700, we have James Conner. We touched on a little bit earlier. You know, kind of took over in that backfield. He had 50 snaps to Benny Snell's 10, and then Snell fumbled also, which ain't going to help his playing time, especially with a, a veteran coach. Uh, Conner was 16 for 106 and a touchdown. Uh, Houston has been thrashed by running backs so far, allowing 6.3 yards per carry. The Ravens running backs last week were 21 for 171 and a touchdown. Uh, James Conner has David DeCastro back uh, this weekend, who is a, an all-pro lineman. Um, do you like uh, you like Connor this week at the sixty seven hundred price tag? Sure. I mean, I think the the difficulty with all of these guys is that there are guys who are anywhere between four hundred and twelve hundred cheaper, or even yeah. almost two thousand cheaper. That you're just like, I'm just not sure what the benefit is of paying up for this group. Even though Connor has like pretty much all the touches in that backfield, even if you want to throw out Eckler and Chubb because of their um, shared duties. Right. I mean, there's at least four guys cheaper here that uh, I think you could make serious con- uh, arguments for. And uh, actually, let me throw in a fifth, maybe even a sixth. See, like, oh. so that's what I keep I, going. Like, you just keep going, yeah. and you're just like, oh, I could play this guy. Oh, I could play this guy. Oh, and he's a thousand cheaper. Like, I running back. I just don't see uh, from my like optimal lineup cash game build. I don't see why you're in this range or possibly even above it just because of the values that you have below it. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting week of there's a lot of options. You got to pick pick the right ones. My favorite one is 6400. I think is a flat misprice this week yeah. is Miles Sanders. Yep. Um, against Cincinnati, um, I don't think there's going to be any breaking news. I think Miles Sanders is going to be very popular this week. I think I'm going to be all in on that. I just don't get why he's so cheap. I mean, he came back last week. He was 20 for 95. The matchup's good. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt went. 22 for 124 and 10 for 86 with three rushing touchdowns between them. In week one, Joshua Kelly and Eckler had 144 yards on these guys. Great game script. They're a favorite. Uh, they're at home. Uh, he had seven targets last week too. I just I think Miles Sanders is a, is a full green light at 6400. I think he I think he's about uh, 700 too cheap. Totally agree. He should absolutely be in that Taylor Chubb Eckler range and um, yeah. and he's not. Yeah, I think misprice is definitely the way to go. I think. I don't know if it's like an overreaction to the offensive line injuries that they've had, but like they, be, yeah. they, I mean, I, I feel like that's not something that should be in a pricing algorithm, like, because his, his usage alone is, should overrule that. And so, yeah, I think yeah, 64 almost five yards of carry last right. week. He's an explosive guy. If he gets through, he can, he can bust a long one. Um, you know, 
I'm sure I'm sure something will happen. It's the Eagles in 2020, but um, I think Miles Sanders is a, is a full play for me this week yep. in cash games and and tournaments. I think he's I think he's a full go. Yeah, I think he will definitely be uh, popular in cash games. And I, the the other guys that I kind of throw in this group, uh, one is Kenyon Drake, who yep. the only hesitation I have about Drake, which is kind of the hesitation I'll have all season, is I also love Kyler, and I don't want to play both of them probably in a in cash, but, um, Drake at 6,000, like you, the, the argument really against him is like, well, they, they pass so much and he doesn't get like a ton of targets and even the targets he gets, he doesn't do a lot, but like he had 20 carries last week, yep. uh, 16 the week before, uh, against San Francisco, only two targets in each game, but like he's the guy. And so, uh, ultimately when you're looking at, you know, teams that you want, this is the, they have the co-highest implied total on the entire slate and they're five and a half point favorites. Like that's the running back usually that we go for. And now we get it at 6,000. And Aaron Jones just went nuts on Detroit in the same defense last week. He did. For 168. So I, 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 I like uh, Drake a lot this week. I liked him last week and he didn't, I wouldn't say he was bad, but he didn't really come through. He just didn't, if you put a touchdown on that, suddenly it's, it's a pretty darn exactly. good line. You'd hope he'd catch a couple more passes, but uh, you know, maybe that, maybe that's going to come along. The problem is that, like you said, it's Kyler, and you know they get inside the twenty, and Kyler just runs it in without getting touched, which uh, was, makes it really easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like a, I like a, I like a Sanders Drake start at sixty four hundred six thousand. You can really do a lot with that. Um, I don't think that I think that'll probably be pretty popular too. Um, you mentioned a lot of uh, cheaper options, but I wanted to hit one. Uh, any interest in Leonard Fournette after the big game sixty two hundred? I am not playing Leonard Fournette this week. I still think that. Uh, this situation is still getting itself uh, worked out. I think maybe he's more the closer than the, the full guy. Um, 12 carries for 103 and two touchdowns. He was really good last week against Carolina, but that is Carolina. Um, I still want to see how they split the carries before I pay over 6000 right now for Fournette. I don't know what the price is that will eventually get me to play Fournette, but this yeah. is not remotely close to it. <laughs> And I, I think it would take more than a 12-carry game for me to jump on board there, too. I mean, I know he had that big, long touchdown run, and you know Tampa has a lot of weapons, so that, that's probably good for him, them not stacking the box. But uh, I need to see more usage before, I, before I'm paying you know, over you know, at the same price as these guys, like Connor and Sanders and Drake, kind of in the same range. Uh, I, I'm not in on Fortnite this week, despite the big game last week. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. The, um, the two guys I wanted to discuss, one of which I like much more than the other one, but the first one okay. is David Montgomery. Uh, it's like he's getting pretty much all the backfield work for the Bears. They're playing at Atlanta, which theoretically will make us look at the opposing offense. We usually go quarterbacks at that point, but um, well, we'll get to Mitch Trubisky in a little bit. But what do you think about Montgomery? I'm, I'm sure we will. Um, I think Montgomery's interesting because I don't think anybody even thinks about him anymore. It's like he, last year he was the hot rookie, and now he's like kind of just a guy. Solid last week, had 82 yards rushing. You know, has a receiving touchdown. Uh, my only concern on him would be if they get behind in this game to the Atlanta's offense, that he's not really a guy that uh, you know, you're know going to be dumping off to a ton. But yeah, I think at 5,700, I think he's a solid play. I probably like other guys more in the range, especially I'd go up 300 bucks at Drake pretty easily. Yeah. But uh, I would have no problem with Montgomery. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't recommend uh, fading him at all anyway. Yeah, that's fair. That's and, fair. No, and I don't think he's going to be popular enough to worry about fading him. I think if you like him, he's a guy that's going to be, you know, probably 5% or something like that owned. I think he's, I think he's a solid play if you like him. Yeah. He, um, he was the overlooked one last week. I think he was less he was. than 1% in the Millie maker, which, um, we kind of like, I, I missed on him and going back, it was like, well, he's at home. 
He's a big favorite. He's playing the worst defense in the NFL. And he like didn't register with me at all. And I'm just like that. That was just a total swing and miss. Yeah. Although um, I think he had, you know, he had 13 carries and played 29 snaps the week before at Detroit. I think it's just a, but he, he was coming off injury. So I think there may be kind of worked him in. He he's up to 35 snaps this week or this, you know, in week two, but, uh, and Tariq Cohen has not been involved at all. So no. that kind of worry about that. He has not played very much. Hasn't been very involved. So, yeah, I think Montgomery is kind of showing that a little bit of post-hype sleeper and is getting more work than I think we thought. Yeah, yep, totally agree. Who's the other guy? Um, it was very briefly going to be David Johnson just based on usage, but I actually don't yeah. really want to talk about him because like, no, I'm not playing David Johnson. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty cheap at DraftKings at 5,400, but you know he played 56 snaps. He's playing a lot. Yeah. Um, I just uh, – it could be a nice game script for dump-offs maybe, but uh, – We yeah, said that last just, week. We did. He only had he only had what four targets. Four I think, targets. And he had two catches. So, you know, maybe they're not using him like uh, like Arizona did. But uh, yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not there on him. I think I'd, I if I'm gonna play someone in this range, I probably drop down four or five hundred bucks and, and play someone else. Yeah, I just don't look at Deshaun Watson as somebody who like really wants to throw to his running backs. Yeah. Like when you have his um, arm, why would you throw short? Any love this week in the same range for Melvin Gordon at all against Tampa Bay? I tend to not like running backs against Tampa Bay, but. Uh, he has been he has been very active since uh, Philip Lindsay's not playing. Um, he was uh, 19 for 70 last week, scored a touchdown uh, receiving. Um, I'm not playing Gordon this week. There's other guys I like more, but I want to just mention him if you like him at all. Yeah, that's that's how I felt. I felt like we should have mentioned him, and that that's enough for me. What, we got to talk last, about your boy. Well, last guy in this range, oh, quick okay, though. Okay. Joe Mixon's under 6,000 on DraftKings. He's had 20 touches each week, not averaging a lot per carry. He's like 3.3 yards per carry. He's been kind of getting game scripted out. He's not, uh, you know, a guy that they use a ton in the passing game after they get down. His, his usage has been way, way down when they've been trailing compared to when they're kind of mm-hmm. close in the game. I don't like the setup this week for him at Philly, but uh, under six thousand, I think is worth mentioning, but uh, not something I'm going with this week. Yeah, um, there's plenty. Of, I uh, I'd probably play him ahead of Fournette just out of spite, but like that's that's probably it though. <laughs> spite plays are always the best. They right. always work. Right. Uh, so obviously there's two guys down at uh, in the, yes. the five thousand dollar range. The first is Jarek McKinnon um, at the Giants, uh, super cheap this week. Uh, Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert are not playing for the 49ers. Um, are you trusting the usage here uh, at the price to, to play him? Who else is touching the ball? Jeffrey Wilson Jr. Oh, okay. That's just by the goal line though, so I can get angry about it. Probably my so my biggest concern in this game is the Niners are super worried about the turf. It was a it, they had like seven lower body injuries on the turf last week. Um, I think McKinnon's got to play a bunch. He's there's just no other options. I just don't know how much they really let him loose. If they get up in the game, although who knows if they will with Nick Mullins probably playing quarterback for Garoppolo and you know Bosa's out, so they probably give him some more points. Um, I love him at the price. I'm just a little concerned that we're going to turn it on and see like eight carries and two catches, and that's kind of what they're going with. But but like, they they still have to run plays though. So like, what are the plays? Like, what are they running though? I think if they get up, it'll be Jeffrey Wilson and oh. Michael Hasty. Uh, but I don't know. Or I don't know if they're really going to get up. It's, it's a tough game to figure out just because there's so many spots. But I think you're right. I think they. I mean, if it's any kind of close game, I mean, they have to try and win the game at that point. It's an important game. They can't. You know, they don't want to go and lose to a bad team. I think they have to let him lose. My only concern would be if they do get up, I think they, they take it easy on him. But he looks really good. He scored both weeks. Um, he kind of looks back to that really fast guy that uh, there's a reason that his nickname, Jet, um, you know, 
I, I, I think he's an interesting guy, but I, I'm a little bit worried about the usage at, uh, if they do get up in the game. What's the reason to not just keep playing him if they get up? Just because I think they're scared to death of him getting hurt because everybody else is hurt. Hmm. And he's a guy that literally can't take te- five steps without getting hurt. <laughs> I mean, he's um, missed. I mean, he's missed the last two whole seasons for yeah. them. I mean, they signed. He's him fresh. Ago. He's fresh. He so. is fresh. He looks fresh too. He does. He had that fifty-five yard run last week. He scored both weeks. Uh, it's really, really tempting the price. I just have a little bit of hesitation just based on the fact that uh, I think they're actually worried about the turf this week. Hmm. Okay. And they had every, like I mean, they pretty much lost their season last week, and they all the players afterwards say you know their their cleats were sticking in the turf weirdly, and maybe it was just a you know day game in the sun or whatever it may may, it may have been. But uh, I, I think they're I think they're a little bit worried about it, and I, I think if they get up, they may sit a bunch of guys actually, but. Hmm. Uh, they got to get up first. Yeah, they got to get up if first. If they get up, it's probably running the ball. It's short passing. Who the heck knows what they get with Nick, Nick Mullins? He, you know, he looked at Kendrick Bourne a lot when he came in. And I mean, who knows what you're going to get if Garoppolo doesn't play, which I assume he's not going to. I just don't think they risk him this week. But yeah, um, yeah I think if it's a close game, which I, I think it probably will be, because I just think the, the, the way the Niners are set up right now, it's hard to blow somebody out. Um, it's hard. It's me hard to get away from them, but I, I just, I just a little bit worried about how much they press the gas down. That's fair. That's fair. We just have to hope that he gets into third and 31 situations because we know what he can do there. That was uh, that was not good defense by the Jets, by the way. <laughs> the fact that they didn't fire Greg Williams and Gase like, after that play just drives me nuts. I don't, and I don't want to rub the salt, but that team's bad. Man. It's really bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I know they, they're your team, and I don't like to say it too much, but uh, I was kind of surprised by how terrible they looked last week. Um. Feel bad for Sam Darnold. He's getting no help. That's there. how I feel. Like I, 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 he had that touchdown pass. It was like a beautiful play. Mm-hmm. And I just uh, you're like, oh, there's the flash of what I know is there. But uh, they're just they're a mess. That's what bothers me the most about Darnold is that there are enough flashes where I'm like, this he sh- he sh- he's good. Like guys don't make that play that easily, and so like he can make the plays, but they just never put him in a situation to do it. Anyway, um, what do you think about? Uh, there's not the guy I want to talk about right now, but what about the other side of this game? Like, do you think Deion Lewis or Gallman are worth trying to touch? I mean, and Devontae Freeman may play too if he passes yeah. all the protocols. Um, n- not really. No. no. Okay. Good. I just uh, I just don't know what they. So, so I mean, Deion Lewis may catch eight passes and be great. But I don't know. But I mean, with Gallman there, and if Devontae Freeman plays, I think there's just too much there. There's, I just don't want to touch it. Would you have played Barkley at 6,300? Yes. Like that's a. Like we were talking last he, week, like what has he done to justify being like the second highest price? And then they drop him and obviously he's hurt. Right. Yeah. No, I, I would have been probably all over that. I think, I don't think I would have been able to get away from that just with the, the pure talent level right there. Right. Right. So Joshua Kelly is in this range and I know he's obviously not the starter. We talked about Austin Eckler, but Joshua Kelly last week had 25 touches. Yeah. He had 23 carries, but only 64 yards. So it wasn't great, but he'd have two for 49 receiving two. Carolina, as we talked about before, awful against the run. Six touchdowns rushing already. Maybe Kelly's the guy to close it out in the fourth. Maybe he's obviously looks like the goal line guy. Um, any thought to playing Kelly at 5,000 on DraftKings with the thought that, uh, you know, maybe he sneaks in two touchdowns and, and plays the whole fourth quarter? Mm, I don't think you can play that in cash. Um, in GPP, I think it's fine. But, like, knowing how much Eckler is involved and you're kind of relying on those goal line touches, I just – there's – there's just not enough for Kelly, even though, I mean, despite 20-plus carries against the worst running back defense. Um, I don't know. I want the guy in the on the other side of this game. 
you want to think? Oh, all right. Well, that, that's the next thing I was going to talk about. I was like, oh, McCaffrey? And I realized yeah. he's not there. Yeah. Uh, so McCaffrey got hurt. We have Mike Davis taking over um, at the Chargers. Uh, 5,100 on DraftKings, 6,000 on FanDuel. Uh, he played 24 snaps last week. He had eight targets, which mm-hmm. is crazy. He had eight catches. Clearly, Carolina just dumps the ball off no matter who's standing there catching the passes. Mm-hmm. Um, could be a good game script. Uh, you think they're? The, I, I think they're going to be losing. I think the Chargers' defense is really, really good, but uh, good game script. Uh, if he really sees the Christian McCaffrey targets, so you're you're in on this one. It sounds like uh, he's absolutely in like my pool. I'm not sure I put him in the same group as uh, McKinnon and Sanders. Um, and Drake, like we, I think those are like cheaper guys that I think a lot of people are going to play. Uh, but I think you have to consider him. I mean, we, um, stealing more from, from Jerry's article, um, like Davis caught eight passes on 16 routes. Like it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, and so like, it's like they just random McCaffrey plays for him. Right. Right. And so that's kind of what Jerry was intimating. It was like, he's, he's obviously not McCaffrey. But if he's like McCaffrey light, like you're, McCaffrey is going to get 18 carries and eight targets. And if Davis gets like 12 to 15 carries and six targets for 5,100, like that's not bad. I mean, that's pretty no, good. No, it's not bad. It's if better than everybody that usage, else that he's going to get in this yeah, range. And so if he gets that usage, I think he's very much worth it. If I were Matt Rule, and I'm not, um, I would run Curtis Samuel out of that package mm. and run plays for him rather than Davis. But clearly they did it with Davis last week. I don't know what they're going to do, but I mean, it's a starting running back on a team that dumps the ball off a lot in a full PPR. It's hard. To, it's hard to get too far away from Davis. Yeah. Especially like in a game that they're probably going to have to throw in. Like obviously yep. that theoretically gives more to Samuel and uh, DJ Moore, but um, for how much they dump off, like you wouldn't expect McCaffrey to, to be, you know, scripted out of this game because they have to throw a lot. Like it's just the opposite. Yep. And so just Teddy Bridgewater throwing five yard passes to Mike Davis all day to move the ball. Like, sure. I'll take that at 5,100. Yeah. And Davis has shown some flashes before he ran for 4.6 yards of carry in 2018 at 500 yards. He had, you know, 42 targets that, that year too. So he has been involved in passing games when he was with Seattle. Yeah, it's uh, I think it's a, a kind of a floor play to me. I don't know how explosive Davis is going to be, but if he's going to get that many targets, it's hard not to. It's hard not to see a pretty good floor for him if they if they run the if they run it anywhere near the way they did uh, in the fourth quarter last week. Yeah, he's definitely a floor play, not a ceiling play. So, um, Antonio Gibson uh, at all for you? Uh, he's way more involved week two, but uh, still only thirteen carries and two targets. I don't think I'm quite there yet. No, I mean, I mean not in a game where they're actually they're way underdogs on the road. So yeah. yeah. I'm good. Anybody else running back you want to talk about before we get to the passing game? I think everybody else is just kind of um, just a long GPP hope that the guy in front of him gets hurt. Like I think the the, the Buffalo situation is weird um, because yeah. like I think Singletary would be a great play, but like they yeah. the way that they have been playing just doesn't doesn't bode well for getting enough out of him. And they're actually playing a defense this week that stands up and actually sure. plays. That's, I mean, they played the Miami and the Jets so far. So everybody loves Josh Allen, but um, I like to see it against an NFL defense. One right. They're play, they, I mean, they basically played the two worst teams in the yeah, AFC. Exactly. And so. That's a, it's been a dream schedule, and he's obviously taken advantage of it, which you have to do. Yeah. Um, he's been good. But before we get into quarterbacks, a, a note from our uh, sponsor, Prediction Strike. 
Prediction Strike is a fantasy sports stock market in which you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. Ever heard someone say, hey, I've had stock in that player since day one? Well, now Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. You had stock in Patrick Mahomes' rookie year? You knew this would all happen? Now it's a reality. Create a portfolio of your favorite athletes, get closer to the game than ever before. To get started, simply visit predictionstrike.com to create an account. Then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would real stocks. Each game is like an earnings report. If the player beats his productions, your stock moves up. It's that easy. You can trade your shares of players at any time, as long as the player isn't currently in a game. Get started today by visiting predictionstrike.com and sign up with the code ROTOWIRE to get an additional $10 off with your first deposit of $20 or more. So, Andrew, passing game is fun this week. We got a lot of uh, a lot of big name quarterbacks up at the top. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, we do we lose we lose uh, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes to the Monday night game playing against each other. But at the top, we got uh, we have Russell Wilson, we have Dak Prescott, uh, Kyler Murray's up in price. The, the aforementioned Josh Allen's right in this range. Cam Newton, sixty seven hundred, kind of in the in the range of those guys, a little bit lower. Uh, who's your favorite guy in this range? Because I, I like a lot of them, but uh, who 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 are you gonna go to if you got to pick one? Yeah, it's funny because it doesn't seem like the salaries drop off quickly enough like i kept looking and i'm like all right so wilson and dak are at the top they're over seven thousand, and then it's like all right well how cam's got to be cheap and it's like 6700 ah man um i thought wilson and dak were gonna be like eight thousand this week oh so they're actually they look cheap now for you yeah that's good but that made everybody kind of like you said scrunch together where i'm like oh i can just go up 500 dak or 600 to wilson it's like hard to get away from them just because of the fact they're not priced higher and and the other guys aren't priced lower i i it's really hard to get away from Wilson and Dak and Kyler for me this week as, as I look through the quarterbacks. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, it's, I certainly could be made to look awful on this, but I don't know how anyone pays 6900 for Josh Allen against the Rams when you can play Prescott or Wilson. But how do you not play Kyler Murray at 6800 I mean, that's the, the answer to that is I play Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott, but oh, it's okay. not an indication on nothing on Murray. I mean, he's been, he's been awesome. Great matchup. Uh, you know, Detroit's getting five passing touchdowns already this year. And, you know, Kyler went, he ran through for 286 and ran for 67 and two touchdowns last week. I, I have no way to, uh, to argue against Kyler Murray aside from the fact that I do like other quarterbacks that kind of maybe a similar level as him this week. Yeah. I mean, just for the number of plays that they run, like he, insane they it's, run, it's, it's crazy it's 21 rushing attempts already for him 91 and 67 rushing yards in the last two games obviously three rushing touchdowns over that span but he's also thrown 78 passes like it's, it's wild I mean, it's just the usage is off the charts it really is and like that's why you have to hesitate to play drake i mean obviously there are enough plays to go around but it's just really tough to like obviously in cash games, you're playing these guys for floors, uh, but ceiling, getting ceiling games out of floor players is always really nice. And like we we got that from Murray last week. Um, even though I was uh, DMing you desperately looking for DeAndre Hopkins uh, catch late in the game, uh, hey, which you way, delivered did I, on. Did I come through for you? I was you did. Say. Thank you, you very much. I was like, all right, fine. I'll call Cliff. We'll get another, we'll get another outrun for you. And it was right there. Well, what was funny is like I needed another point from Hopkins earlier. And then you were like, oh, Kyler rushing touchdown. Like, I don't need that. I, I need Hopkins here. But anyway. I'm not I'm not super smart. You got to be really specific. Yeah, yeah. I, all right. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Don't don't let me infer things because I'll get you all kinds <laughs> of um, So I think, I mean, yeah, it's Russ, Dak, Kyler, and Cam. Four guys we can call by their first name, which is really convenient. Um, it's really kind of cool, too. Yeah, I really just don't – I don't get playing Josh Allen other than the fact that we're all going to play the other guys. Um, 
And then, but like the, the group below it, I feel like is, are, is pretty easy to like the, the Ryan and down to maybe Tannehill. I'm like, these guys are all like a little too expensive. Like they're too close in salary. Like I was saying, how do you not play Kyler at 68? And you're like, no, you just play Dak or Wilson. But like these guys below him, like, how do you play Stafford? I guess because he's playing Arizona, but like Stafford at 6,300 when you can have Murray at 68, um, they're just too close for me to like consider those guys. I, I agree. I mean, I like Stafford. I haven't bolded, but like he just, if he was 5,800 maybe, but you're right at 63, like I just go up to someone else. I mean, he's expected to get Kenny Galladay back this week. Good game script, six point dogs against a team, obviously, that, that runs a ton of plays, as we mentioned with Arizona. But I don't know. I think if I'm a 6,300 for Stafford, like you said, I'm just going to go 500 for Murray and, and call it a day. It's hard for me to get to Stafford unless I like want to stack, a, you know, Stafford with Galladay and then, you know, Kenyon Drake coming back and get a little tricky in a, in a tournament. But, um, yeah, I just I wish that they there was a little more separation between the quarterbacks uh, pricing wise. Right, right. Like I uh, like Joe Burrow. How about it's taken until week three, Bengals at Eagles, and Joe Burrow is four hundred on DraftKings more than Carson Wentz. <laughs> yeah, Carson Wentz uh, needs a good game because apparently the Philly fans are not really pleased with him at the moment. Oof. Did you see they actually played a clip? They played a, a fan booing clip uh, in the stadium after he overthrew someone last week. Uh, for the, like the seven. Oh wait. Do they have fans in Philly, or was no. it outside? It was outside no, it was the stadium. Like the, no, the crowd reaction guy pressing the. Oh, 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 oh! That's Actually pretty funny. Hit the boo button for a Wentz overthrow, I guess, to make him feel at home. But I was like, uh, A, that's brutal, and B, you probably got fired after hitting that button. That's in the stadium. In the stadium, yeah. Wow. Yeah, you yeah, don't want was, to do that. There's a clip of it. It, it was uh, it was a pretty bad pass, yeah. but still, you probably, uh, you know, there's probably like a oh, like upset fan grumbling kind of button, and he hit it, and it, it did not play right. well. Um, is there anybody below 6,000 you like? I mean, Justin Herbert's getting a start again this week. He looked really good. He has a good matchup this week. Uh, you mentioned Trubisky, Ryan Tannehill's 5,900. Any of those guys that you're, you're considering playing if you get a little uh, different quarterback? Um, I, it's like embarrassing to say that I kind of like Trubisky this week. Um, good, good matchup, good game yeah. script. The Falcons have been scoring a lot and giving up a lot, which is what you want. Um, I mean, as long as you don't watch the game and, you know, watch the overthrows, you, you, you might get to be okay when she's stat, the stat line at the end. Right, right, exactly. But no, I like, like really good quarters and six awful quarters. Uh, it's worked out okay so far. He had the huge quarter against Detroit the first week, but I don't know. He's so up and down. Would you play, you play him over Tannehill though? Oof. Um, if you were, you know, looking to get really low down here. Yeah. I, I'd probably still play Tannehill. Um, with the Minnesota, hope that it's like Minnesota not a, bad. yeah, it's really bad. It's really bad. Um, but the one guy that I think might, I mean, will certainly be overlooked because there's really like very little reason to play him. But I think Daniel Jones is kind of interesting this week. Um, I mean, we keep talking about how banged up the 49ers are, including their defense. Yep. And, Jones is one of the, like a young quarterback who makes some really stupid mistakes, but because he takes those chances can occasionally put up some monster games. And I don't know. I think that's like in the range of possibilities this week. I would, I would play him over Tannehill, Trubisky and Herbert this week. Oh, there you go. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to get there just cause I like the, the four, the four first name guys we mentioned earlier, but um, I think no Barkley, uh, you know, makes them just throw the ball even more. He's thrown the ball 81 times through two weeks. Yeah. You mentioned you mentioned Kyler Murray's passes. I mean, Jones is throwing the ball a ton. I know it's because they're you know they're usually behind and they're trying to catch up. But 
Uh, Sterling Shepard's not playing, but he still has he still has Golden Tate. He still has uh, Darius Slayton. He still has Evan Ingram. He's got enough weapons against a Niners team that's banged up that uh, I think if you're going under 6,000, I think he's the guy for me too. Okay. That feel, makes me feel better. Yeah. I, I mean, he, he did not play well last week and you know, did not do well fantasy-wise. He had two turnovers and no touchdowns, but... Um, yeah, I think the 49ers secondary without Sherman is a spot that if you if you have good receivers, you can get them. I mean, Witherspoon mm-hmm. and, and Mosley. I like Mosley more than Witherspoon, but they both can be beat on plays, and they have been beat in the past on plays. Um, I actually like Darius Slayton a lot this week. He's yeah, one of the I was going to say, like. Ingram um, has a bit of a tougher matchup than Slayton and uh he Jones, does. I mean, so. the, the whereas linebackers are the one, the one group that's actually not banged up. So, right. but I actually, I think Ingram's not a bad play this week either. There's other guys I like more, but uh, I think Slate at the price is actually a really good play when we get to receivers. Okay. Okay. So let's get to receivers. I think that uh, we've kind of summed up the quarterback week. It's kind of a kind of a pretty simple quarterback week. You kind of pick those top four guys or, or drop down a little bit. But uh, wide receivers, there are a lot of guys, kind of like running backs in the mid range that I like more in the top end, but. Uh, top end, we got DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Stephon Diggs, all over 7,000 digs off the, the huge week last week. Julio was really quiet last week. DeAndre Hopkins is really good every week. He's got 25 targets so far. Um, is there anybody in this dude be like? I mean, Calvin Ridley has uh, two touchdowns and 10 targets in each game so far. He's been crazy. Uh, but who would you play in this top range if, you, if you're going to pick someone expensive? Hopkins. It's going to be Hopkins like every week. Um, like the only – thought in the top range about whether to play Hopkins is whether Devonte Adams is also playing and yep. he's not. So like, I think he's well ahead. Like the bears defense is very good. Um, the Rams uh, secondary is good. So like, I'm not sure how much like digs I need to play. And so, I mean, Calvin Ridley continues to make me look awful every week. Cause I really just don't consider him at all. Um, which is dumb because we know Julio Jones isn't going to score and they know, obviously, <laughs> you know, the Falcons are going to score. So like Ridley right. obviously is the guy. But, and we um, certainly know the Falcons are going to pass. They just right. drop back. And, and th- th- I think we mentioned it last week. But the thing with the Falcons is, like, some teams when they're down, you know, two touchdowns, the fourth quarter, they're kind of, like, just get trying to get out of there. The Falcons are full go with their starters at all times, no matter what the score is. Well, if the, the Falcons know anything, it's that a game is never over. And so, uh, Very, very true. That was so a obviously brutal, yeah. brutal loss last week. <sighs> you were like, oh, this is... People like, oh, this is the worst loss I've ever seen for the Falcons. I'm like, uh, I don't think you can quite go there. Right. Have you ever seen the Super Bowl? <laughs> ever watched the Super Bowl? Um, and, and slightly bigger stakes there, but it was, uh, it was pretty darn bad. Yeah. No, I think um, what I thought was really interesting this week is that um, like Diggs, Thielen, and the Tampa Bay guys, and Juju are all more expensive than Amari Cooper, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett in a game with a 55-point total. Like, what is it about Amari Cooper that doesn't get him priced up? Is that I, had it no- I had it noted here that, like, group you mentioned, the Diggs, Thielen, are going to be so under-owned this week. They're yeah. going to be so low percentage because there are probably eight guys below them that I have bolded. I, like, I love this group in the, in the 6,000s. Um, and I can't be the only one, you know, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Lockett, you mentioned Amari Cooper, DJ Moore. We're going to talk about his game yeah. too. Um, I just wonder, I mean, no one's going to own Stefan Diggs at 7,000, like literally nobody, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to be 1% in everywhere. It, <laughs> it, going against the Rams off the big game with everybody you love below him. Everybody's going to scroll right past him. I mean, I guess that makes him interesting at tournament. I'm probably not going to play him against the Rams defense. You know, they'll probably move him around from Jalen Ramsey, but they got good players in that secondary. I think that they're going to get after Josh Allen a little more than the than the Dolphins and Jets have. That goes without saying. But 
Um, you know, I think I think him and Thielen are going to be just no no percent this week. Yeah, uh, UF Collective has Thielen at four point six percent, and I'll take the under. Yeah, and Diggs at two point five seven, which yeah, and for a guy who just is off an eight one fifty three touchdown game, that's 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 pretty wild. Yeah, I mean. I'm going to be the, one of those people who doesn't play them. So <laughs> go nuts. Uh, what do you think about the Tampa guys? Um, you know, I think we're, we, we got a game now where they're both uh, seeming healthy. Chris Godwin is back from the concussion protocol. Mike Evans was kind of questionable that first week. So this is the first week where they're both full go. Um, so we're back at Godwin or Evans week. Uh, do you have a, do you have a preference? Are you playing either the one of them? They are at Denver this week uh, with, uh, you know, Tom Brady, uh, you know, playing okay last week, but certainly not looking fantastic so far. Yeah, I think, there was too much of a thought that uh, Jameis Winston's like throw at all costs uh, attitude that benefited Evans and Godwin so much would somehow translate to Brady or at least would make Brady more of a asset than we thought he was. And for, for all the heat that Winston got and deservedly so for the turnovers, he was great for wide receivers. He was, he was absolutely. Um, they're obviously pricing them down. Like I think if Jameis was still there, they're probably like, in above digs and probably just above digs, but um, I don't know. I, I the only reason I think to target those guys is because the guys below them are going to be so popular. Yeah, if I had to pick one this week, it's it's Evans just because Detroit, uh, Denver's better against the slot guys than the outside. Uh, Deontay Johnson and, and Chase Claypool both had big plays last week on the outside. Uh, Corey Davis was seven for one one on them week one. So they've struggled a little bit with outside receivers against slot guys. But if I had to pick one, that's who it'd be. But as we know from this discussion, uh, you know, any week can be Evans or Godwin week, depending on the <laughs> week. But, uh, I'd lean Evans, but uh, you know, not with a, a really strong feel. Yeah, I got. I, I'll just pass on them. Yeah. So we've got the uh, let's let's hit the Seattle Dallas guys first. We've got them all in the same range. We have got Tyler Lockett sixty four hundred, DK Metcalf sixty five hundred, Amari Cooper sixty five hundred. Um, I think all all really really hugely playable this week. Yeah, um, it's funny because the the differences between Lockett and Metcalf um, is really just like where they catch their passes. Um, yeah, it's the one. It's the one big play that Metcalf hits every week. That just Lockett every week. Um, every week. I mean, he's so freaking big and strong. It's crazy. Yeah, and what's fun, well, what's what's interesting because I really haven't had this situation yet, but like he. He can make the big play, obviously, but even when they're in the red zone, not necessarily like on the goal line, like he's still the biggest guy on the field. Like they were, yep. there was a, a video they showed before the game last week of him like warming up, and there was one where he caught it over the goalpost. <laughs> I saw I saw that clip. Like he he jumped up, and then it looked like he like jumped again mid jump. Yep. And I was just like, what What is this? Like <laughs> this is a human yeah, being like, doing this. It's literally like one of those basketball players, which is like, you're like, there's just no way you feel like he jumped the second time and yeah, like a dunk contest kind of thing. You're like, how is it even possible? But, and then Dallas's best cornerback is out with a hammy this week at Shadobi as a wooze. Um, I love Tyler Lockett this week, uh, but I, I don't not like Metcalf. I just love that Lockett's targets. He has 16 targets so far and he has 15 catches. Just so yeah. damn. I think he's the most underrated, like great receiver that we have in the game. It's just amazing. He catches everything. Um, you know, Calvin Ridley was it was huge on Dallas last week. Uh, they gave up a bunch of yards the the week before to Robert Woods. Um, I like both these guys. Uh, I just ha- I have a feel this week that uh, that Lockett is uh, is is a monster. Yeah, I don't think you can go wrong. I mean, Lockett. I don't think so. Lockett it reminds me like the Lockett situation reminded me of that 
like I forget who said it, but like the only guy who could hold Michael Jordan under 30 points was Dean yep. Smith and like Lockett's like coaching staff is the reason why he doesn't have so many more catches. Although it's now happening. They finally, are, I was going to say, yeah, they're, they're finally letting, letting Russ loose. And if they do, I mean, he's got Russell Wilson. We, when we hit him at the, we talked about quarterbacks, but we didn't really feel he, he had, he has nine touchdown passes. So yeah. He has 35 and 28 attempts. So not like it's uh, not like it's 40 attempts a week where, you know, some of the guys we talked about earlier, Daniel Jones, for example, but right. he has 20, he has 30 and 40 yards rushing uh, ballpark in those two games. I mean, I just, if they let Russell Wilson go as a 49ers fan, I'm, I'm scared because Seattle's pretty much impossible to beat if they let Russ play for four quarters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally agree. It's really um, like, do you think they're both better than Amari Cooper this week? Uh, I, 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 it's hard to say that the only reason I would say against it is that, you know, Dallas has three receivers and yeah. Seattle only has two, but I mean, Amari has 23 targets already. He had the hundred yards last week on nine targets, great game flow. And you talk about a team that's getting beat up by receivers. I mean, Seattle Edelman of all people had 179 yards against them last week. And Atlanta had three 100 yard receivers the first week. Yeah. So I mean, they have been just getting thrashed. I mean, I can make a case for Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup this week. I think that, you know, picking the right one is almost impossible, but Cooper's the guy that you know is going to get uh, going to get heavy work no matter what. Yeah, like I almost wonder how many people will take one of Metcalf and Lockett and then one of Gallup and Lamb just because you get such a price uh, reduction from Cooper, even though Cooper's obviously the best of the three, but... Um... I mean, obviously, these guys. The only reason why Lockett and or Metcalf won't be super owned is just because of the other guy. Like, I think there are enough people who don't. It's, it feels a little bit more like a Godwin Evans, except we think both of them will be able to do well in the same game as as opposed to those two. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think that the, all these guys are going to be popular, but like you said, can't be too popular because there's five of them to pick from. Although I think Gallup was probably. Uh, just based on his usage the first couple weeks, probably be the lowest one. But, you know, the price is right there, too. Um, so sticking the 6000 before we drop down, any other guys that you like in this in this range? I mean, obviously, those the Seattle-Dallas guys are going to be very popular, and a lot of people are going to be on them. And it's the, the late afternoon game. It's a 55-point total. I mean, there's going to be a lot of action there, and deservedly so. Um, I love DJ Moore this week, mm-hmm. 6100 DraftKings. For some reason, these sites do not price DJ Moore up. It's weird. Um, you know what it is? Do you know why? I would love to know why, because I don't get it. it happened all last year too. Because he just never scores touchdowns. Never, you're right. He never scores touchdowns. But he was he was eight for one twenty last week. I don't care if he scores a touchdown. If he does yeah. that, um, tougher matchup. The Chargers defense is really good. But Tyreek did have five for ninety nine touchdown against him last week. He got loose for a deep touchdown. But this is strictly a game script play to me. Like I mean, he had he has twenty two targets so far. They're gonna have to score. They're gonna be behind in this game. I think the Chargers are gonna are gonna be ahead of them. Um, you know, Bridgewater clearly wants to throw wants to throw quick and short. DJ Moore is perfect for that. I just think it's sixty one hundred DraftKings with a full PPR. I mean, I think that's a a pretty uh, a play that I'm going to take every week they give it to me. Yeah, um, it's it's a really good one. That's actually not the guy I thought you were going to start with. Uh, well, he's he's probably next. The guy I think I'm going next, but yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I think I I agree on more. Um, the Chargers defense is is good, so it's like. I think more kind of falls in that range of like, if you want to pay 6,100 for more, why don't you just pay 64 for a locket? Uh, not that you can't just play both. Um, I, I, my answer to that would probably be, I'm going to play both in a lot of lockets. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of people with two or three wide receivers from this like 50. No, I'll even just call it 6,000 to 6,500. Like they're, there are just so many guys in this range. Um, and it goes to amplify your point before that the 6,500, 7,000 guys are going to be super, super under-owned. Right, right. Um, 
What would you say if there was a receiver on a winning team who's been targeted nine times in each game and is now playing the Falcons? Wouldn't you be I would interested say in that? Uh, I would say that Allen Robinson is a, is a good friend of mine. He has eight catches mm-hmm. in two games. You know what's crazy? 18 so he has, targets. He has 18 targets. Uh, I looked at Pro Football Focus had deemed eight of those targets as catchable targets. By the <sighs> so he's caught all the catchable ones. There have been 10 of his 18 targets. Was that 58% <laughs> that or something like that? Absolutely That are deemed wild. uncatchable. Uncatchable. Like, like, come on. Come on, Trubisky. Like, give give my boy a chance. Oh, man. Just put it somewhere within his wingspan. He's going to come down with it. But, I mean, you talk about Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta scores a lot but gives up a lot. You know, Lamb and Amari both had 100 yards against them last week. Metcalf and Loggett, both teams we just talked about, both were over 90 the week before. I mean, they give up a ton of production. Uh, I think that Robinson maybe gets lost a little bit in this week with the, with the, with more and then all the Seattle Dallas guys. I think he slides in at a pretty good percentage too. Yeah, I know. I totally I, good in terms of low for us if you want to play him. I mean, I think that uh, sixty two hundred is. I think he just gets lost there, and I think he's a really really good play this week. Yeah, I think we're gonna just have that every week though. Of like, he's a really good player. It's a decent matchup, and then it's seven more uncatchable targets. Yeah, at some point he's got to he's got to you know hit the mark on some of these to be worth it. But uh, I'm probably in for for one more week just because I think Allen Robinson is so damn good. But it's a it's a quarterback problem for sure. Oof. What do you think about the Rams guys? Uh, like it's I obviously I, a tough matchup, but like Robert Woods at sixty one hundred is pretty interesting to me. He does. I think he probably gets enough of Tredavious White where I just play the other guys. To be honest, so you play Cup or you play guys uh, not in that game? I play I play more on Allen Robinson pretty easily instead. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and I don't, I love Robert Woods. One of my favorite guys to play. We've talked about him a lot over the last uh, last couple of years on this podcast, but. I just think at Buffalo, just not a spot that I'm gonna I'm gonna pay the sixty one for where there's so many guys in the range I just like more. Yeah. I mean there are there are more uh that we can talk about. Um there's, it's almost unlimited how many guys are in this range. It's a are. lot. It's a lot. I mean oh, you got Olo Beckham and Juju Smith Schuster in this range and probably won't even be mentioned in the same uh, in the same, you know, percentage wise as the other guys we mentioned, but I mean those are big names, stud players, but I just there's so many guys in this range. Yeah. I don't um I don't see a reason really to play, um, to play uh, Beckham. Um, like it, he's going to have to have a game before I really. And he he scored last week, but it's six targets. When we talk yeah. about these other guys with like nine, ten, eleven targets. It's just the usage is so much different. I mean, he can always make a big play. Is you know obviously super talented, but I, you kind of feel like he if he doesn't make a big play, then he really hurts you at the price, which is not what you want. Exactly. Exactly. And we talked about DJ Moore. I mean, he doesn't have to score to be really good. I think Odell Beckham has to score to be really good, which is scary. Right. Um, and Juju's tough to play when Deontay Johnson's fifty four hundred. Um, why? Why is he twelve hundred dollars more than the guy who's more active on his team? It's uh, that's a that's a weird price to me. I mean, he's he's sandwiched basically with Michael Gallup and Ceedee Lamb on on DraftKings. So it's kind of like if you're going to look at Johnson, and then you see those two guys, and you're like, oh. Those guys are pretty good, but those are not the two I want to talk about yet. Okay, um, go. Sorry. The two I want to talk about, the first is A.J. Green, um, which I can't believe we're actually talking about, but 13 targets last week. Um, three, catch, three catches. For 29 yards. <laughs> um, but from a target standpoint, I mean, it was 13 targets uh, last week and nine the week before. So I, I can't play that in cash, but it's – he's – they're looking at him, um, but I'd probably looking be more... at him slash forcing it to him. Like I think it's it was pretty bad? obvious last week. That, no, it's great for us. Oh yeah, 
He does get Darius Slay this week, which maybe tempers my enthusiasm a little bit. But Burrow's obviously peppering him. The volume's there. He hasn't looked good though. I don't no. know if he hasn't. I don't know if he hasn't lost a step. He's broken. Yeah, I'm. Uh, but if the price gets much lower, I'm gonna have to seriously think about it. I think there's enough guys this range that I probably won't end up with him this yeah, week. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the other guy is Terry McLaurin, who is another one who just I think is going to be underpriced every week. Although we actually did score a touchdown last week. Um, this dude is freaking good, by the way. Yeah. Do we have to discount games against the Cardinals, though? Like, do we have to say, like, well, he had this against the Cardinals, which is really should be like 80% against any other team just because of the number of the plays that are run in those games? Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. But I also think that I like uh, I like the fact that when they get down, I mean, they just start peppering him with targets. Yeah. Uh, Haskins loves him. Another good, nice game. They're seven-point dogs to Cleveland, which sounds weird to say out loud that anybody's yeah. seven-point dogs right now. But um i just think terry mclaurin is freaking good he's so fast and i, I just like that you need a combo of a guy who can break a big play and gets double digit targets uh that's hard to hard to, I, I would certainly play him over aj green put it that way okay that's fair that's fair the only problem is that haskins like i think he stinks I, do, do you think like i don't think he's good he's bad you can yeah. just say he's bad okay he's been he's been legit bad through two games and you know obviously it's still early in his career but um the accuracy is not there uh, Terry McLaurin is the perfect example of guys I look at and I'm like, man, Sam Darnold had someone like that. It's true. I, I, I fully agree. I, I wish that, uh, I wish he did. Cause, uh, it's kind of wasted on Haskins. Cause I think McLaurin is electric. Yeah. Hopefully Denzel Mims turns out to be that guy. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> uh, I'm who are trying, the... I don't want to say anything bad about it. I've said so many bad things about the Jets already. I don't want to. That's a, yeah. But who do you like? Uh, <laughs> so in this range, uh, you mentioned CD lamb, you mentioned Michael Gallup, you mentioned Deontay Johnson, uh, Johnson and lamb are 5,400 on DraftKings. Gallup is 5,500. They're all in the same range at FanDuel. Although Deontay is up at FanDuel, he's 6,300 there. Ooh. Um, I love all three of these guys. I have no problem with any of them. I, I mean, I mean, love Deontay Johnson. There's, there's two guys in the NFL that have double digit targets in both games. One of them is Deontay Johnson, believe it or not. That's he has 10 and 13. The other is Calvin Ridley. Uh, he was 892 uh, in a touchdown last week on 13 targets. The price is up from last week. I mean, last week we talked about it, it was absurd. It was a misprice of 4,500. We said misprice last week. 5,400, I still think is way too cheap. I guess they just don't want to bump him up too much. But I mean, a guy in an offense with a, you know, a still a good quarterback, an offense that uh, it scores a lot of points. Uh, the Steelers are still pretty good. He's 5,400. He's really talented. He's got a guy across him that keeps doubles off him, keeps the top corner off him. 5,400 is just is just too low for Deontay Johnson, plain and simple. Yeah, I think that's that's the read for sure. Uh, what about Lamb and Gallup? Uh, Gallup, they, they've kind of closed in price. Lamb has been more uh, more active. He has 15 targets. Uh, Gallup has 10. You know, I think Gallup's more of a, it seems like more of a big play guy right now for them. And Lamb is more of the slot guy that's going to get peppered with targets, which is great PPR. Um, the Seahawks have had so much trouble with slot receivers. Edelman, we mentioned, at 180 yards against him last week. Uh, Russell Gage was 9 for 114 the week before. Fantastic game flow for Lamb. He looks every bit of the hype that he came out with. I still can't believe he slipped to cat the Cowboys in the draft. Um, I'm Jets so passed t- him over. What's that? The Jets passed on him. Yeah, although uh, Benton looks pretty darn good at left tackle. So uh, he, he, he played pretty well last week. But um, – I, I'm so tempted to go like, you know, kind of different and go with Gallup because nobody's going to take him over Lamb after the last couple of weeks. But I really like how they're using Seed Lamb right now. Yeah, I think Lamb, I mean, you said like Gallup's a big play guy, but like Lamb has his longs are 33 and 37. So uh, a lot of that is after the so, catch, but, so but he's so fast. 
The, the Niners passed him too, and that's who I wanted him to take. They took uh, Javon Kinlaw, who they need defense alignment right now, so it might work out. But uh, I was not pleased with my pass to be lame. Yeah, it's um, he's. I mean, yeah, he's very good. Um, so yeah, like you said, like I think most people are going to play Lamb. That's um, that's what I think too, which makes me really get tempted by Gallup because I think in a game like this, if the five receivers, if he's significantly less owned than everybody else, uh, I really like that. Yeah. Um, do you think Lamb is more popular than Cooper? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I think Cooper probably still is a little more popular. Yeah. Like I think the, because Lamb and Gallup right next to each other, they might split a little bit. Um, I think Cooper is still, people are just going to just click on Cooper at 6,500 and kind of move on. Yeah. For people who are not paying up at, at running back. Um, and we obviously went through how much you don't really have to do that. Um, like the salary difference isn't big enough. Like you don't necessarily need the savings. And so I just don't get why Cooper isn't 7,200. Right. Right. Yeah. That, so though that's the other problem it, is that Cooper is underpriced. Click on that button if he was 7,200. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a good read on that. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, the wide receivers in that game are going to be interesting to see where they fall. Yeah, it's gonna be. I, I'm really looking forward to see the percentage there because I think that Gallup is probably a good amount uh, low and easily the fifth. Most He's gonna be fifth. Yes, absolutely. And that's uh, in a game like that. That that gets to be really interesting if you're trying to be a little different in tournaments. Sure, sure. One more guy I want to talk about above five thousand real quick before I get to all the the cheap guys I like. Uh, Corey Davis <sighs> uh, looks like no AJ Brown again. He is fifty two hundred on DraftKings, fifty three hundred on Fanduel. He's really cheap at Fanduel too. Usually we see Fanduel a little bit higher just based on the salary, the way the salary uh, cap works there. Um, he only had five targets last week, but did score a touchdown. Uh, Devontae Adams destroyed this Minnesota secondary week one. Uh, Hilton should have T.Y. Hilton should have destroyed him, but he dropped a forty five yard touchdown, which uh, did not make me pleased in my garage at any point on Sunday afternoon. But <laughs> uh, Corey Davis, uh, main guy in this offense, uh, Ryan Tannehill is playing pretty well. Uh, and he feel at 5,200 with the thought that uh, he probably goes pretty under owned considering, you know, Gallup and Lamb and Deontay Johnson are just right above him. Um, I think the only reason to play him is because it'll be less popular. Yeah. Like I actually don't like the actual production is just not there enough that uh, I wouldn't just play Lamb or Gallup or even, I mean, you play Hilton. Like I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you about Hilton. Hilton is fifty six hundred now. Very quiet start, but he's playing yeah. the Jets. Paris Campbell unfortunately got hurt and he's out. Um, he had nine targets week one, five targets week two. Uh, do you go back to him one more time with the thought that uh, there's still too much talent there to to just drop him off the plant face the face of the earth? Yeah, I don't go near him in cash because it's entirely possible that they get ahead and. Um, Jonathan Taylor gets 48 rushing attempts, but um, no, I just don't like it. It makes sense um, because the Jets' uh, secondary, or at least their cornerbacks, are absolutely horrific, and so yeah. and they haven't been tested at all in their first two games on the on the outside, really. Right, right, and so I don't yeah. think Kendrick Bourne was not uh, was and Trent Taylor were not really beating them deep at all. Right, really. right, yeah. No, I I mean. I think he's going to be another one that people are going to overlook and he could have a monster game just because of that matchup. Yeah. It, it, you got to think with everybody, like we talked about all the guys in the mid 5,000, you got to think everybody just scrolls right by Hilton and gets the rest of the guys. Right. Right. 
So 5,000 and under, we have some interesting guys uh, this week. We talked about Darius Slayton. He's 4,900 on DraftKings. I like him a lot this week against the Niners without Richard Sherman uh, and Sterling Shepard out. I love Sterling Shepard, but him being out is a good thing for Slayton. Um, Sterling Shepard missed five games last year. Slayton had 33 targets in those games. A pretty good number there, about six, uh, six and a half per week. An explosive guy, had that huge week one. Um, Golden Tate's kind of in the same range. I would much rather have Darius Slayton. Yeah. I think oh, yeah. The upside is significantly more. Yeah, no. The, Slayton is, I think, the best play in this range. I mean, we talk about the Niners and I mean, the Jets didn't do anything last week, but Braxton Berrios and Chris Hogan had 134 yards between them last week. It's not mm-hmm. like they... Those are, I don't, I hadn't heard much about Braxton Barris before last week. He scored. Um, I think it's a, a really good spot for Slayton at 4,900. I, I like him a lot this week. Yeah. I think, I think he's going to be the most popular guy in this range. Um, I, I do too. Uh, also in this range, we have Jerry Judy at 5,000. Cortland Sutton's obviously out. Uh, Russell Gage at 5,100 continues to get a ton of targets. Do you like Slayton more than those two guys? Yes. I do too. Uh, you know, Judy's against Tampa Bay and Carolina had 200 yard receivers against them last week. Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. Uh, he does get the down to get to Jeff Driscoll. But my problem with Jerry Judy is I go down 2000. I like a, I like a receiver more at the price range. How about that? Ooh, we're not getting, we're not there yet though. Okay. Sorry. The other guy in this 4,000 range that I really like, and it, it, it's one that I, I feel like, you know, you look back and like, why did I end up with this guy? But Nikhil Harry uh, for the Patriots mm-hmm. against the Raiders at 4,200 drafting. He's really down low. He had a, he had 12 targets last week. Yeah. 12. He was eight for 72. He's an interesting PPR guy to me because it seems like he's like kind of the, the quick uh, out guy for, for Cam Newton. Like whenever they need six yards, uh, just quick eight yard out to Harry and we'll get there. Um, I guess I'd be concerned if it was a negative game script if they got up on the Raiders, but I think the Raiders can do enough on offense to stick in this game. Uh, I think he's a really interesting PPR guy. 4,200 on DraftKings. I'm more interested there than I'm at FanDuel just because the, the full point PPR. Um, I just think he's an, I think he's underpriced right now for how much usage he got last week. Yeah, I think people look at Cam Newton's rushing dominance on that team and focus on that too much, and they kind of ignore how much he's throwing as well. Um, and he's throwing to Harry. I mean, Edelman obviously had the big game last week too, but yeah, I think that's a good call on, on Harry and yeah. one Cam touchdown had, it'll take and he'll had explode. 400 yards passing last week. Right, right. It's kind of, it's crazy that the, the friggin' Patriots ended up with Cam Newton who looks like he's like old Cam Newton. It's, yeah. it's mind-boggling. But. Yeah, no, it's absolutely expected from any Jet fan. I told you they were going to be good. You uh, you did, and I'm gonna. Uh, I'm not taking the loss on that quite yet. No, you should. It's two weeks in, but it's, it's certainly not looking uh, not looking good there. Um, I usually like a lot of guys in this range, but I think that that Harry and Slayton in the four thousands are very clear, far and away my favorite plays in this range this week. It's not a Mike Williams week. I uh, just uh, he was he had so much more uses with Tyrod than he did yeah. with, with Justin Herbert, and he, I just uh, I I don't. I don't see it. I mean, he's a guy that can hit a big play at any time, as we've talked about a bunch. But I really like the way that Tyrod was kind of forcing it to him deep, and I didn't see that last week with with Herbert. Uh, that's fair. There's um, one other. You mentioned him earlier, actually. Oh, um, go for it. Let's hear it. But what do you think for a GPP play with Curtis Samuel? I just wish I knew how they were going to use him, because I think if they use him in an interesting, creative way with, with McCaffrey out, he could be crazy valuable really fast. He had four he had four rushes last week for 26 yeah. yards. The problem is he only had two targets. He had eight targets week one, then two last week. I just I wish I had any feel from Matt Rule how they're going to use him. Because if I were running this game right now, I would use him in so many creative ways like every other I would use him so much in this game without McCaffrey. Um, I just don't know if they'll do it. But he's a as a GPP kind of dart uh, at, at what is he four thousand on yeah, drafting. I think he's uh 
he's a guy that won't be highly owned that could be really, really valuable and used a lot. I would use him a lot. I hope they do too. Yeah. Okay. So uh, 3,000 this week. I'm going to go way, way down. Um, Denver, I mentioned Jerry Judy. K.J. Hamler against the against the Buccaneers. Played 48 snaps last week. He, uh, he got seven targets with Cortland Sutton out. And the key to me with all seven were with Jeff Driscoll. So there was clearly a connection between Driscoll and Hamler. He threw the ball, threw the ball seven times after Drew Locke went out. He only had three catches, 48 yards, but they were throwing the ball to him deep. They threw the ball downfield to him. He looked good. Like he was getting open. Um, I think this is the last time we see KJ Hamler anywhere near 3,000 on DraftKings. Wow. I like that call a lot. Really, really like him this week, which is always bad because those guys usually end up getting hurt or getting <laughs> one catch. But I think he's, I mean, and I don't really blame the pricing on this one because, I mean, he's a guy that didn't even play week one. Right. Um, but the fact that he had such a such an immediate connection with the guy, the backup quarterback, suggests to me that they maybe they're working together in practice. Maybe That's what I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, and they may you know, we don't have any preseason games to kind of see that stuff happen. But clearly, um, Driscoll came in the game and he looked for him. I mean, seven targets after he came in is, is a pretty significant number to me. Yeah, that is. I mean, it co-led the team. Yeah, this, it was yeah. the same number as Judy. So, and I think that when they go two receivers, it'll probably be Judy and, and Tim Patrick. But anytime they go three receivers on the field, and this is a game that against Tampa, Tampa is going to score some points. They're going to have to go three receivers a bunch. Um, I don't know. At three thousand, I think he's a, he's a really really good play. Anytime you get a three thousand dollar play, there's always risk that comes with that, and I, I fully get that. But uh, among my my favorite three thousand dollar wide receiver plays in a long time in, in DFS, he uh, stealing from Jerry once again. Uh, from his hidden stat line, Hamler uh, had 31, played 31 of the 39 second half snaps and had yep. led the team in snaps and four targets. I mean, he's and he's min price on DraftKings. I am I am all about that. And a talented guy who's he's athletic, can hit a big play too. Um, I think he's going to get enough targets that to add 3,000, I will be very pleased. Whatever happens, if he gets seven targets in a whole game at 3,000, I, I would take that in a second. Yeah, it's too bad this they don't. This isn't like a showdown where we get him for 200. And... I know, that'd be nice. Mm. Good call, uh, I like I, that. That's fun. Yeah, I like that a lot. The only other guy down here is also at 3,000 is uh, Demir Bird with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine targets last week, but I think that was a, a you know kind of a factor of the, the Seattle game just got crazy for them. They were back and forth. I don't think they do that quite that often. Uh, I, I, I'd, play Nikhil, I'd play Nikhil Harry instead for 4,200, but um, anytime you can see someone with nine targets at 3,000, it's worth mentioning. But what... I think I'd be more interested with if him if I didn't have uh, Hamler on the same on the same slate. I just I play Hamler every time over Bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. No love for uh, Braxton Berrios. We can't talk about him again. Thirty six hundred. Jets sure. playing from behind. Uh, yeah, I mean the the game script kind of works. I just uh, I would play Harry and Hamler instead. I mean he scores a touchdown a hundred percent of the games that he plays on offense. That's a, it's a pretty good stat right there. I don't even know if it's true. I have to see if he took any snaps, he, offensive he, snaps he, in week one. He played one snap week one. Ah, yeah, well. Hey, he scores a, he scores 50%, 50% for, yeah. It's pretty, I mean, pretty darn good too. Yeah. That's like Randy Moss type number. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Barris wins his sixth round pick in 2018 from Miami. All right. I admit that I don't know. He's only 5'9". I admit I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, He's... I don't know a ton about him. Mm. But Crowder Crowder's out again, right? He should be, yeah. I don't, I don't know if he's actually as of uh, as of recording here. I don't think he's officially been ruled out, but he did not practice Wednesday, which is never a good sign. If I didn't love, and if I didn't like anyone else down in this range, I might think about it. But I, I think uh, I like Hamler and Harry Moore is my problem. There, yeah. There's no reason to play Braxton Berrios. 
so quickly, uh, we've, uh, we'll hit everybody here, but uh, tight ends. Uh, last week, we did, we, we, we did well last week. We talked about Tyler Higby a bunch. He had three touchdowns. Um, Darren Waller was a monster in week two. He looked really good on that Monday night game against uh, against New Orleans. Uh, 12 for 103 on 16 targets. He's up to 5,700 on DraftKings. Is there anybody over, let's say, 5,000 to start with? So we got Higby, Jonu Smith, Zach Ertz, Darren Waller. Um, do you have anyone 5,000 above? Evan Ingram's there, too, that, that you're really going to be strongly playing this week? It's funny because when I looked at the list, I was like, I've played all of these guys under 4,000. Like, all I, of them. I, I thought the same. It, it definitely under 5,000 recently. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, like, Higby was probably 3,700 at one point last year, and they played the Cardinals, and I played him. Noah Fant, Hawkinson for sure. Uh, and I'm like, oh, man. And obviously, like, it shouldn't matter. But it's like when you've paid 3700 for a guy and now you're like 53. Like, what am I yeah. doing? Um, I have someone under 5000 I like a lot this week. So I'm probably not going to be playing anybody here over 5000 If If I did, it would probably be just up to Waller. I would definitely play Waller over Higby this week. But uh, I think Bill Belichick is going to key on Darren Waller this week. Yeah, he, he it should. seems like the, the prime week they're like – Somewhat off a big week, you know, Belichick said a bunch of good things about Waller in his, his press conference. He was wearing his, his shirt with all the holes in it. Um, but I just I think Belichick's in a key and take away Waller and make them beat them somewhere else. I'm not, I'm not, I love Darren Waller, but I'm not going to play him this week. Yeah, I don't feel like strongly enough about any of these guys where like play, paying this much for a tight end means you're making sacrifices elsewhere. Right. And I think I, I like the other guys that I have, at least in my cash lineup so far, that getting rid of one or two of them just to fit in like a Fant or Hawkinson, like doesn't make sense to me. So I'll pass on Goddard's too. Another one that I've, I've played 3,400. Yeah. I, Dallas Goddard's been really active. I do like him. Uh, the guy, I like Hunter Henry a lot this week at 4,800. Um, just a really solid start to the season. He has five catches for 73 and six for 83. His first two games, he was good with both quarterbacks. I was going to say like both to quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, usually you get like a, you know, Tyrod or Herbert likes, and they both seem to like him. I just think of these guys in this range that the, as Chargers may not have to pass a lot because he can run against Carolina at will, but uh, I think he's the most solid floor guy in this range. And at 4,800, I, I like him over the guys. Like I certainly like him over over Higby at $1,100 less. I like him more than Zach Ertz. I like him more than Johnny Smith, who I do like. But you know, I, at $400 less, I'm going to go Henry. So if it's someone in this range, uh, for me, it's Hunter Henry this week. That makes sense. Um, but I'm but I'm probably going to drop down lower. But I was going to say I, I'm I not I'm not sure I'm in this range anyway though. Yeah, I mean, like, I love Noah Fant, but $600 less than Fant, I'm going to go Henry, too. And yeah, I, Fant's a really talented guy and um, can always hit a big play. But I'm going to save the 600 to go to Henry. So if anybody in this range for me, it, it is Henry. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it. That's fine. Okay. I mean, Dalton Schultz, after the big game, is up to 4500 It seems it's wild. Though. Like, all the people that do really well, they don't price up, and they move Dalton Schultz all the way up to 4500 was was kind of odd. But uh, So under 4000 at tight end this week, there are – I think three guys here that I have highlighted, but I want to hear. Uh, I want to hear who you're playing under four thousand. Um, we have to go. We have to start at four thousand because okay. we have to talk about how much of a liar um, Kyle Shanahan is about Jordan Reed. <laughs> well, ten snaps in the he met the first quarter, right? Right. The just the uh, the number of people, at least that I saw, who who were as furious as I was about like. Because Jordan Reed was such an easy play last week. Yeah, he's 2,600 with no George Kittle. Right. And if Shanahan says nothing, he's 80% owned. And yep. yet, then this 10-snap thing. And I even took that, and I'm like, he could get seven targets on 10 snaps. Like, the, he's obviously not in there to do anything but run a route. 
And yet there, and then he's on every play. He's on the field. He only played 28 snaps. Uh, it was, it, it might've been the first 28 of the game because that's when I saw him before I, I had to leave and not watch the I, Jets. I think it was too. He had eight targets, seven catches at 50 yards, two, two touchdowns. touchdowns. He was, at 2,600, he was a obviously a gigantic play. Ridiculous. Um, but anyway. Um, at 4,000, I think there's other guys this yes. week under him that I, that I prefer. Yeah, and there are a couple of them. Um, I think you have to look at Mo Alley-Cox after last week, particularly against the Jets who can't stop look, anybody. Dude looked like a beast last yeah. week. Yeah. Um, Mario Puig posted something that he wrote back in June about Mo Alley-Cox. So he played basketball in, in college. Of course and, he did. He was a tight end. Right. And so— there was this whole thing about how they didn't really use him as a receiver much early in his career. There, and uh, effectively, the what Mario wrote was that they were using like the early part of his career to teach him how to block because obviously tight ends—that's a position where you have to block. Um, but now that when Jack Doyle got hurt and they needed somebody to be that you know, more of a receiver, um, when you have a guy who's like six seven or whatever he is um, and can jump and be a huge target like you can use him and that's what we saw last week and now he's on the biggest favorite of the week obviously you have to hope that he's part of the way that they get up on the jets because you probably don't expect them to run a ton but um after last week's game and this matchup and at 3800 on DraftKings, i think a lot of people are going to go that way i do too do you know how many games he had over 35 receiving yards before last week zero that is the correct answer. Yeah. I set you up well there. He did, yeah. have a, did have a couple touchdowns in 2018. My only concern would be like, there's just no history of this, but they had Eric Ebron last year. They had Jack Doyle over the last couple of years. I mean, he never had more than four targets in a game. So it's not like <laughs> they were using him. He wasn't doing well. Um, he never had more than four targets in a game in his whole career. And he had five catches last week for 111 <laughs> yards. <laughs> like, it's hard when you look at it that way. But yes. you see the Jets. See that Jack Doyle is not going to play again. You see that Allie Cox is obviously really athletic. I mean, he looked like a beast last week. He's by the way, you were close. He's six six. He's six six two seventy from Virginia Commonwealth, who went to the Final Four on one of those basketball they teams did. too. I don't know if he was on the team then, but he I went to the Final Four one of those years. But um, do you like him more than you do uh, Logan Thomas or maybe even Drew Sample Ooh, this week, who no. takes over Sir CJ Uzoma? Yeah, Sample was the one who went like right into my lineup, and then. There was some hesitation when I saw that Thomas was fairly close. Um, but yeah, I think that, that those are the the three clear guys that you're targeting in this range. And um, I would love to say that Chris Herndon is also in this range, but I don't know why you would play him if you could play these other guys. So right. um, it is a little strange to see Rob Gronkowski at 3,300. He's not involved at all. Not at all. Like, why did he come back? I have no idea. Like, he, I wonder if he's thinking that too. Yeah. He, um, yeah, I saw somebody joke around about like what the over under week was when he would announce his retirement, re retirement. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a very weird situation. Um, we talked about Logan Thomas last week. I want to talk about him really quickly again. He's, he's playing a lot. He's really involved. Granted, he has, you know, Dwayne Haskins. So it's for all the activity, he hasn't really topped 40 yards, but, uh, you know, Azoma and Sample were really good against, uh, against them last week. Um, I'm interested in Logan Thomas here. I think I'm going to go back to him on some teams at 3,700. I think with that number of the, the targets, the involvement, I think the production is going to have to come here at some point. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Um, it's probably between um, 
Thomas and Sample, though. I mean, like Uzoma. I mean, Joe, Joe Burrow clearly loves the tight end. I mean, right, he's, right. He had nine targets after Uzoma left. Uzoma had 11 targets the first, you know, whatever that was a game and a game and a game quarter. Change, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's when you get any type of activity, you can kindly see that you know, Burrow's kind of leaning on those guys. And, you know, as a rookie, it's kind of that boom, boom, check down and, and go to the tight end. It makes sense. Um, yeah, it's hard to pass at that price on, on nine targets in that short sample. But um, I think I'm going to go Thomas over sample for a, by a small margin. But, you know, I think a lot of people are going to go Ali Cox in that, in that same range, too. Yeah, yeah. I think they all make sense. Uh, I do too, and that you know, I, as much as I like Hunter Henry, I'm probably not gonna play as much in my life just because I, I do like these guys a thousand dollars cheaper. And there's just uh, there's a lot of ways I can make that thousand dollars work at, at wide receiver that uh, that I get excited about. Yep, yep. What about uh, defenses? Anybody uh, that jumps out to you as a as a really good play this week? There's a couple that I I like uh, under in, in the in the mid three range on on DraftKings, and one I really like on FanDuel. But uh, who do you like uh, defense wise? Um, I went right to Washington because I think. Baker Mayfield is awful. And so with that defensive front um, and a guy who makes mistakes when he's under pressure, I think at 3000 on DraftKings, that made a lot of sense. Um, but I mean, you can make an argument for like a ton of teams just as you move up. Like, I think it's a week where one of these expensive defenses really pays off. I'm just not like it's, the, the variance is just too hard for me to like really yeah. try to figure out who it is. So um I actually usually start from the bottom. Like I think the Jets at two thousand will be really popular. Um, hmm. All right, playing against Philip Rivers, you know, there's at least one interception there. Usually it's a backbreaking one, but they'll probably be up by thirty at the time anyway. But um, like literally min price against Philip Rivers seems like a decent play to me. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I hadn't uh, hadn't really looked at the at the min price ones. Uh, the ones that in, in a little bit up that I like, I like the Chargers and the Buccaneers this week probably the most. Um, the Chargers, uh, you know, they they forced two turnovers and three sacks week one. Last week, no stats, but they played against Kansas City. So you kind of toss that out anyway. They played really well though. Um, but facing Carolina with no McCaffrey, Carolina got sacked five times last week, turned it over four times. Um, I really like the Chargers this week if I'm going to go up a little bit in that range. And then on FanDuel at, at 3,800, I really like Tampa Bay. They're they're mm. they're way cheaper than everybody else for some reason. They're, I mean, for example, they're $1,200 cheaper than the Chargers. Where on on DraftKings, they're a thousand dollars more than the Chargers. Uh, Tampa hmm. had five sacks last week against Carolina. They're facing a backup quarterback in Jeff Driscoll. We talked about him a bunch. We we're talking about the receivers. Um, Denver gave up seven sacks last week to Pittsburgh. I mean, I just think I think they're primed to get uh, to get uh, a lot of uh, you know pressures and that turns into mistakes. I think Driscoll makes a couple. Um, on FanDuel at 3,800, I, I think Tampa Bay is uh, way underpriced. Yeah, that's pretty good for sure. Yeah, that is a weird price. Yeah, it was strange because they're kind of everybody else is, you know, like the 49ers are 4,600. Indy against the Jets is 4,800. Chargers are 5,000. And you just dropped way down to Tampa. It was, uh, it seemed pretty odd to me. It, it seemed like a weird price. Yeah, yeah. Good call. Anybody else on this week three slate you want to talk about besides KJ Hamler? <laughs> no, I think. <laughs> I think we hit everyone I wanted I've to talk now, about. I've now talked him into a, a one-catch, seven-yard game. I, I fully get that. But at 3,000, I mean, that's... It's, yeah, I mean, you're not going to end your week if that happens. And if he goes, you know, six for 70 and a score at 3,000, like we're we're doing a little, yeah, a little, Broncos, little Broncos dance, which is great. There you go, for sure. 
Well, thanks everybody for listening to the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. We always appreciate uh, everybody tuning in. Hopefully, you get some good information from us. Hopefully, you have a good week. If you want to follow Andrew on Twitter, he is at Rotowire Andrew. I am at Scott Jensen there on Twitter. If you want to hit us up with any lineup questions, we get closer to uh, closer to uh, to lineup lock. Um, we'll always be around on there. Andrew will be talking some soccer on there too. Uh, is the what's up with the soccer? Is the English Premier League are they just like restarting now? Did they ever stop? Oh, we're full full blow ahead. They stopped for about yeah. four weeks. Maybe I was say, three the, weeks. the season just kind of keeps going at all times, right? Yeah, there's the soccer never ends. So if uh, you're somebody who always wants to play DFS and will play anything, there's always literally always a soccer slate at some point during the day. Andrew won't say it, but if you want soccer DFS stuff, he is absolutely the place to go. 100%. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. So, everybody, thanks for listening. We will be back at you uh, next week with week four. Take care and have a good weekend. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.